and it's something new or whatever, I always ask like, what could I have done better? And I always preface it with like, you are not going to hurt my feelings. I want to be great. Tell me what we could have done differently. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ecom Growth Show. Do I say hi now or do I wait? I'm pretty much brain fried at this point. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Ecom Growth Show. I'm Robbie Switzer. Joined with me is Daniel Stafford and Derek Cahill. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. And here's what I know of Derek so far. Um, a few years ago, you know, the, these are some chocolate lovers, is what I can gather, and uh, they were wanting to figure out, you know, how to get quality chocolate without all these junky ingredients. And so, as a family. Mm. And I hope this is all right. They kind of went on a, a scavenger hunt to figure out, you know, where to find the best ingredients and basically ended up starting a, a vegan chocolate brand without all of the junky ingredients. And uh, it sounds like they've had an awesome journey. I'm really excited to unpack it. Um, first of all, is that correct? Is that is that <laughs> how you describe your chocolate as junk? So <laughs> I was actually, we make underwear, so I don't know if this is like, <laughs> <He's> like oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally spot on, man. Uh, it started off as definitely like a side hustle. It, it, long story short, like we had this idea like maybe six years ago, but all the background that you shared is right. Like my wife is super into health. Her body is the temple and I love starting businesses. So we kind of merged those passions together. I uh, gave it a shot like six years ago, making chocolate and we didn't have the right equipment for it. So it ended up tasting like trash, um, <laughs> put it away for a few years. We weren't in the position to start a company back then. And then I had taken a promotion. Uh, I'm a, like a career sales guy. So I had taken a promotion, moved out to Texas and on that drive, we pulled the trigger and bought one little Melanger, which is like a stone grind uh, stone grinder for chocolate. Mm. So when we moved into our house here in Texas, we had chocolate spinning on our countertop before we had like living room furniture. It was That's pretty, pretty fun. crazy. And then once you did that, you're like, Oh, this tastes pretty good. <laughs> no, it actually sucked for a long time. <laughs> <Did it really? laughs> no, no taste wise is good. But the big problem with chocolate is, uh, like the tempering part of it to where it like doesn't melt in your fingers or doesn't fall apart. So it's got that like nice snap to it. That took us like five months to get down. We almost quit a whole bunch of times because like yeah. I never started a company in food before. Like I'd started yeah, some tech based companies or like services based companies, but I'd never dabbled in food before. So I started thinking I'm I always believe like I can do whatever the hell I want. Like if I wanted to, I could go start like a competitive race with Elon Musk to space. I just don't really want to. So I'm not going to do that. Uh -huh. But when I went on to chocolate now, I'm also not a trillionaire, but <laughs> with chocolate, I was just like, maybe maybe you legit got to go to culinary school for this. Like maybe I just don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we still actually have the video of when I first snapped the bar and it cracked. We have literally the video of it working uh, <laughs> and it just, we never stopped. So it's oh, been like two man. and a half years now. That must've felt right. When that happened. <laughs> oh dude. The snapping Everything of the in my bar. body was like, let's do this. <laughs> hey, dude, I love it. So something I'm already picking up on just like you and your family, like just a real sense of like, um, adventure uh, like being able like not many people say i have this great idea and i'm actually going to do something about it and then also just like resiliency it sounds like you know at the beginning it was actually maybe frustrating to figure out how to get this to taste good and then on top of that you got to figure out all the business components of how to get that into a customer's hand um maybe talk a little bit about that like has that always been something that's been true about you guys like this uh 
this ability to go take risks and be adventurous or what's that journey like for you? So I'll start with, uh, this is probably going to be a great precursor to the story that I'm going to tell, but so the company's name is wicked bold, right? Yep. We got, got the beautiful little bags here oh, retail yeah. ready for any retailer listening that wants to carry our chocolate. Um, but bold is actually who we are. So bold is my wife's name is Brooklyn. My daughter's Ophelia, my son's Landon and I'm Derek okay. and completely by accident, right? Like one year Brooklyn was putting up the stockings and she was like, hold on a second, did some logistics and our name Whoa, worked out. No way, that's cool. So that's like the brand now. And it's crazy. Like to stroke, go from the beginning, I'll give you a quick ending. Like it's wild to see this turning into a brand now. Like, yeah. of course, the family's still a big part of it. Like we 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 fuel the brand. But I mean, you're spot on, man. Like, I think a lot of it has come from like your boy here, the resiliency aspect of like what we've get, like what is kind of like infused into our family. But Either I have a mental condition or I was born for this. It's one of the two and I haven't figured it out yet. But yeah, dude, like quitting is just not in the cards. Like I just, I think success is always that like one, you're one failure away from being successful. So I legit look at, I legitimately look at like bumps in the road as like the universe testing me to see how bad I want it. That's Mm. the mental illness part. Like there's some grand, (laughs) there's like some grand force that goes like, let's test this man and see how bad he wants it. It's like, I'm not a quitter. Like th- mm-hmm. we're onto something and I knew it from day one. So whether it was financial, I cannot tell you how many no's we've gotten for like carrying in stores, but it's like, I just pick up and go on to the next man. And it's cool to see that like where we're at today versus where we were at two years ago is literally just a treacherous walkway of no's, mm-hmm. but we've built yeah. it into something that's on the brink of like really being successful um, but it all comes from, I think, like to give you a little bit of a deep story, like my childhood, like I grew up in a family that was unfortunately uh, a victim of the pharmaceutical industry. My mom and my dad yeah. both kind of struggled with dr- not kind of they they definitely struggled with drug addiction with like Oxycontin. Mm-hmm. So like from 16, it was like hustle or don't eat like literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. So every opportunity that I, I'm 32 now, every opportunity that I've had to get or anything that I've received is like grit and determination mm-hmm. and I'm, it's such a blessing right being 18 19 20 21 not knowing what the hell is going on in the world or for yourself for that matter that sucks but being on the other side of it and knowing exactly what having nothing means i think gives you a different perspective to pursue the things that you want to make happen dude that's awesome super yeah powerful. that is super good man i feel like people need to hear that of it's a treacherous journey of no's <laughs> yeah. because a lot of people just stop at the first no or the second no and they're like all right this isn't gonna work and they almost can take it as as an identity hit like i'm i'm not i'm a failure right and they they don't push past that but we have so many so- stories like that of so many no's the whole first year of our business and we still get a lot of no's but that's part of the journey and we always say that like failure is a teacher and you can if you view it through, through that lens you actually learn lessons that's going to get you to your destination so dude i just love what you're saying man super cool and i guess i want to know once you kind of figured out that you you have a good product what did it look like then to start selling it? Like, what was your first sale? Yeah, farmer's market. Uh, nice. We started hitting up some local farmer's markets. And now there's a mistake learned in here as well. So I've always, like, just the way my brain works with business, I 
not that I never, like, I guess I'd settle for this, but like, I don't want to be a hometown hero. Like, I don't want to have yeah. one business that I make, you know, a couple hundred grand a year on. And I like, I have a farm that I till, you know, like I'm a old man, Derek, you know, <laughs> totally. at eight years old, you know, I, I want to go big. Like everything I've ever started, I think scale, I think like, where can this be? How big can this be? Mm-hmm. So when we started the chocolate, obviously I can't go right to, you know, Whole Foods or direct distribution. Yeah. Like, I was making it out of our house. So we started hitting up the farmer's markets and after we did like three or four, got some really good feedback. I was like, let's pack it up, bro. Let's go to e-commerce. So I started trying to find like a commercial kitchen. I completely abandoned farmer's markets, made the website, registered the business. And then I just sat and like nothing happened. Like, I don't know what I was expecting. If everyone was <laughs> totally. like, yo, did you hear that? F- that wicked bold came out with some chocolate. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares about me. So, so we went like probably three, four, five months of just like nothing. Like we gave away a ton of chocolate. We sold to like some friends and family online. But then we kind of rekindled and like went back. We rethought our strategy, went back to farmers markets, uh, re- refigured our packaging, and just kind of slowed down significantly. Mm. But it was interesting. Like everyone always wants to move really fast, but I've actually found some passion in moving slowly, mm-hmm. uh, and it unlocks yeah. different opportunities. That's super cool. And whoever said build it and they'll come was full of shit. Oh, lions shit, 100%. It's, it's just so funny because like it, it wasn't the first business I've ever started. I really should have like known better. But it's like, nah, dude, like people are going to buy the hell out of this chocolate. No one cared. No one gets It's like, what do you do? Do you have a regular job? Get the hell out of here. You're not a chocolatier. But dude, I think it's so important to have that level of confidence when you're starting something too. Like people are going to go crazy for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I remember very similar conversations Robbie and I had where we're like, dude, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be the biggest thing in Alaska, (laughs) which is funny to even say now. But that I I feel like there's something there to that level of belief. And then you're like, okay, we actually have lessons to learn. We got to slow down, unpack this you know, take these methodical steps. Oh, and looking at our packaging, dude, like in reverse now, looking back two years, we had like these little clamshells with like this, almost like a nothing sticker. Like it said Wicked Bold on there, but the the letters were so thin, it was like invisible. And it's like, I looked, I looked at that and I was like, damn, that looks good. And now I'm like, what? Who were you? Like, who even are you? Like, what even is this? Who would buy this? (laughs) Dude, that's awesome. So let's kind of like fast forward to today because you guys have obviously successfully launched and you're thriving as a company. Um, I, I think you guys have like nine people working with you now, full time employees. Yeah. So what are so some of the challenges at the beginning was like really navigating those first failures, those first no's. And I think I want to just spend a moment here because I feel like people use those no's and they use those failures as evidence to reinforce one of two beliefs, either that I'm not meant for this and I'm a failure or these are, these are blessings. These are privileges and opportunities for me to be better and be resilient and all of that stuff. And I feel like you consciously made the choice that like this, no is, this is a test for me. This is like for me to be better. And it's obviously served you well, but now fast forwarding to today where you've had like some level of market success, what are like some of the challenges you're facing as you've kind of gotten out of that initial startup phase? I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like we're still in that startup phase because yeah. we, you know, when we launched, uh, we, we have a restaurant now, same wicked bold vegan kitchen. And we launched mm. that because we needed a space. We needed our own kitchen to make the chocolate. So we found this space that we could afford. Uh, it was in a community that had nothing vegan in it. So we saw the front of house. We brought a vegan little restaurant, like a deli, think like sandwiches, yeah. like dessert boards. Um, and we make our chocolate in the back. But like, it's honestly, it's 
I, I feel like there's always challenges just different as you get, as you start scaling. So, mm-hmm. you know, for right now it's, I was so busy launching this restaurant that we were doing like no business development for the last four or five months for the chocolate. So now that I'm like yeah. trying to get back in the game of going after retailers, it's starting to, and I remember this, this rejection and it's just reminding me of it, but it's like, there's this vicious circle in especially like CPG where it's like a retailer wants you to have a distributor distributors want you to have retailers and it's like all right fucking dudes like can y'all get together and figure out like how can we all work together because like i can't get one of you without the other one on board um uh, and it's just it's a big thing of consistency like i guess an example i'll share like we have this uh health food chain in texas called central market it's a subsidiary of a massive grocery store called heb um and they had our brand featured for two weeks in this thing called taste of texas and they've not given me any feedback about it like we were just kind of randomly placed throughout the store and this man just refuses to call me back and the thing that he does not know about me is that i will call him when i'm 100 years old if i have not heard back from him like i just do not stop i will i will find i will go to his office on a daily basis be a pro like have your car's extended warranty is failing i'm kidding it's chocolate but uh i think the challenge is just scale right now like my own human capital i can only take myself so far yeah and i'm i'm starting to really feel the weight of the hats as the company grows like i can't wear a bunch of different hats all the time i can't run the restaurant can't be the food orderer can't be the food maker can't be the chocolate mm-hmm. business developer however man like the operative word that i'm saying is can't you have to like I don't have an yeah. option. Like I have to do business development. I have to be at the kitchen. So it's just how thin can I slice myself and still be functional? Totally. What was what was like one of the first hires that you knew you absolutely needed? Kitchen, like cook. Okay. And my wife called me out so hard on that because I I'm sure you guys are the same. Uh, trying to replace yourself is probably one of the hardest things to do, especially like as a scrappy little business owner, because it's like, there's no way you're going to find someone that's going to work as hard as you, that's going to care as much as you, nor should you expect that, right? Like I'm the owner, like this person's not going to be the owner of my company. Yeah. But the first person I couldn't work, I was legit for the first five weeks. I was up at the restaurant for 75 hours a week. Dang. So I was dying. Um, And that's just tactical. That's legit. Just making food. I was working there. I wasn't up there like making business happen. So the first hire I made was someone to start taking some of those hours away from me in the kitchen. And I just actually hired my second person so I can start like legit getting back up to kind of like the perch. Yeah, totally. I could see that being a challenging thing just by the nature of like what you do in the kitchen or with the chocolate. Like that's why people come to you. And so I feel like that's where you need where you've really driven vision, you know, is is like the quality of what you're putting out there. You, you, you Before we hopped on, you said like the body is the temple and like taking care of that. And I feel like that's a really big part of what you guys do. And a part of your brand is like really, really putting out quality products that are good for the body and to be able to like give up the very thing, like being in the kitchen. Uh, I could just see that being a challenging process, you know, where you actually have the most leverage in doing that. But maybe that's yeah. a misconception. No, I, I, you are spot on. I mean, the, it's, it's testing me for sure in different ways as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. Like before I started this company, I was a VP of sales for like a large technology firm and I had a team underneath me, but this feels different. You know, like this is like my, my company, this is my brand. So it's really interesting to see how I've had to like readjust the way I flex my leadership skills, especially Mm -hmm. when it, to your point, like this food, 
display like presentation and taste is everything like if you put out a shitty looking meal the person's not going to come back mm-hmm. and then worst case like I, I we just had a moment where i had a, a to go order go out with with this dude that i hired and it was not up to standard and like it crushed my soul because the lady left a review <laughs> on google she was like yo this blt was trash <laughs> you know, I was like, damn it um now fortunately that's it's turned into a five-star review update because of the way that i stepped in to handle it but i also am really happy and this isn't like a, a pat on my own back, but it is a little bit like as a leader, the way that I approached that situation, like I think if I'm 24, this is my first company ever, I'm probably going to go like ape shit on that guy and be like, what the what the fuck are you doing? Like, you should know better than this. But I went into there like I went into the kitchen and talked to this dude as if it was like I took I took 70 percent ownership because yeah. we've been moving really fast, opening this place up, training him on how to make the meals like I didn't have a corporate training experience for <laughs> totally. this dude. So I had to walk in there a little bit taking ownership from me and like offer some retraining, but also really strongly reset the expectation of what goes out the doors is in your control. And it was good to be able to have that. I think a lot of people miss setting expectations, especially early on with their people, because it's like it's small. It's a family environment. You want to like be friends with everyone. And I think, you know, I think we're super cool people to work for me and my wife. Like we're super laid back. We know exactly what we're doing from the sense of like brand building. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I've been preaching to all of our staff, especially this guy in the kitchen was like presentation over everything. Mm -hmm. Like if it takes you five extra minutes to put a meal out the door, I time will never be a problem with me, but it never cannot look good. Because that's in our control. And that's what I've been preaching since day one. And if I hadn't said that since day one, it has me going to the kitchen with like nothing to fall back on with this guy. Like nothing I can say to him would be of would have been like precipitated on anything else. So to go in there and reaffirm the values that we'd already set was was important. Uh, And it was a cool opportunity for me to build, you know, more culture with my team. You know, there's that really interesting boss employee dynamic that is really tough to crack. Yeah, and I've definitely not cracked it, but I think the way you approach tough situations in a business as a leader dictates the kind of culture that you're going to build at scale. So I am really, really proud of myself for dealing with that moment with like grace for both him, me and the business. Like it wasn't the end of the world. And I think that is a testament to like how we'll continue to build this business. Yeah, dude, that's so cool how you took ownership of it yourself. I think a lot of people like to blame shift and put it all on one person, but you're like, no, he didn't get the right training. I need to revisit some things. But what I really love too is how you went back to the customer and and made it right with them as well. You said that you flipped the one star into a five star. So that just shows me you care so much for your customers Mm -hmm. and what they're buying from you, which I think in today's day and age, especially in e-commerce, gets diluted or lost where people are just trying to make money and not care about their customers. (laughs) What did you do? What did you do to that customer to get to get them to switch that review around? I mean, that's so it was a three star. It was a three star, not a one star. Uh, Uh, Good on. But because she'd been a customer before, which hurt even more. She's like, I've I've ordered. We make a plant based BLT. She's like, I've ordered this a couple times. It's always been delicious. But this time was like, what happened here? And and she uploaded pictures. And I didn't. (laughs) This was a really this was a really interesting dynamic that I had. And this is I'm glad that I kind of took some deep breaths before going back in to talk to him. But I talked to him first after just seeing the text review. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't remember that. So it's like very subjective. It's like, damn, who do I like? I, I can't go too far on one side of the pendulum. I got a customer that might be fabricating. I got an employee that might be trying to make himself look better. Totally. I talk to him. We have a good game plan. I leave. Then the pictures get uploaded. I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> like, it, was bad. Like, it wasn't good. So then I went back. I was like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, how do you, how do you, not, how do you not remember this? And it just... 
it helped. It, we had a better conversation after that, but um, I just I just responded to her and I was like, listen, like this isn't good enough for us. Like this isn't what we stand for. It's not what we represent. Like I'd love the opportunity to make it right. Um, and this was a Google review. Like I can't like call her. Like totally. I'm at the mercy of does she see it and does she want to respond to me? Um, I I always leave my email and she emailed me and I had the opportunity to give her like an email response which. She replied to again and called – she called me because I gave her my phone number and the email, and we talked for like 10 minutes just about like, you know, hey, we're a new company. Like we just hired this guy. Like there are just some still elements that we're working through, but like please let me make it up to her. I give her a $50 gift card, nice. and I said, come in and have a meal with your family on us and let us make it right. And she came in, had a meal with her family, updated their view. She said it was fire. So nice, and she dude. complimented my customer that's service. Awesome. <laughs> that's super dude. cool, dude. That's a he, that's awesome because I think people need to to grasp that as they're thinking about growing their store, growing their brands, and that's something that you actually keep hitting on is kind of your brand. You know, I've heard yep. you mention brand multiple times, and you said we're we're finally becoming a real brand, and that's something we're always harping on and telling people they need to build a real sustainable brand that people enjoy coming to and buying from something that has character and that can outlive us essentially, you know, how do you think about your brand and brand building? I know that's a broad Um, open-ended question, but I just want to get your take on it. I think the the one thing I'd add right before that, and I think it's a little bit uh, related is approaching your business or brand without ego Mm because i think a lot of people have too much ego with the reviews or whatever it's like feedback and i'm not saying all feedback's good like we've definitely gotten some reviews where it's like all right like pound sand like that you're not this isn't the new york times bro like talk to me um but there's been tons of feedback from people uh that i just go in there like so open i'm like yo this is i when i go when i bring food to a customer at the restaurant and it's something new or whatever i always ask like what could i've done better and i always preface it with like you are not going to hurt my feelings i want to be great tell me what we could have done differently and i have made so many changes to our menu like and i'm not talking massive things like i'm not changing our concept if someone's like dude you should paint the walls green i'd be like oh well thanks but no (laughs) but like you know hey this would be really great with a side of ranch it's like dope all plates go out with a side of ranch now just because it's like oh that is a really good idea but it's Mm -hmm. also because i approach it with like no ego it's like this isn't yeah the brand might be an extension of me but it's only going to be great if people fall in love with it. Like yeah. I don't need to, it's not like from, from birth, it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal with both employee and uh, customer feedback. And I think a lot more people need to learn how to like go and take that kind of feedback to get better. Not like people are shitting on them. Totally. Yeah. What I'm picking up on is there's a real like relational element to it. And I feel like that's the downfall of a lot of people who run online brands, right? If they're like really leaning on online channels and wanting to do business through e-commerce, there's like this weird fascination with just like having a relationship with the ad account and like, (laughs) you know, what are the numbers? What are the orders coming in? And like trying to manage everything, you know, as if they're, as if it's not like actual real people. And I just feel like whether it's your background or just like uh, the way you're wired, there's a real intentionality around like connecting with the people, getting feedback directly from them, and then having that actually influence what you're doing as a brand. Well, yeah. I mean, you mentioned like if it's from the back, I mean, I have to imagine it's of all it's I think it's what made me so good at bootstrapping. I've never had anything right. Like I've never had the 150 K angel check to go, Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Go build it. So like when you say ad spend, bro, it's like, what? 
what is that? I don't know. <laughs> like, are you trying to like boosting an Instagram post for 50 bucks every now and then? Like, I don't do that because like I, when I think about spending dollars, I'd rather spend dollars that are going to give like people that I can see a real good experience because I don't have the dollars to go put 10 grand a month. Dude, it's funny because like it, it's probably 100% a point of jealousy, but it's also like anger a little bit when I see like these new companies popping up out of nowhere and they're all over my Instagram. It's just they got some VC money and they're like, let's blast this on the internet. And they got me, bro. Like Mudwater <laughs> hit me right in the chest. I buy it now. They got me on the Instagram ads. <laughs> and, it's, and it's delicious. But <clears throat> effectively what I'm learning right now is exactly – this is why I'm so like so confident in what we're building yep. because we're building this shit on zero. Like we are on – I mean not zero legit, but like yeah. we don't have VC funding. We, I mean we raised 35K to get us over the finish line of launching this, this brick and mortar. Yeah. So like – I uh, we're we're in the midst of talking about a, a little round coming up in the next couple of months, but it's like if I can operate and make this successful with zero, it's like watch out like when I have some money to play with because totally. the way that that capital is going to get deployed is going to put me like on the moon. Totally, that's another awesome. Elon Musk reference right there, <laughs> <laughs> dude. That's awesome. I feel like people are going to be really just encouraged, uh, you know, even just by your confidence, the way you go about building your brand. Uh, what's next, uh, for you and wicked bold. Yeah. So, um, launching this restaurant has been so cool, especially as like a lifelong entrepreneur. Cause like I can do so much stuff out of here. Like we're talking about taking, uh, our prepack, like prepackaging some bowls and doing some like fresh to go stuff at some local, some like little local, local bodegas, um, some more uh, growth product wise. Like we're thinking about doing a trail mix under the wicked bold chocolate brand. And then the restaurant itself, I think we're going to spin that off as a second business because that's mm, crushing yeah. it right now. Nice. Um, so we're looking to expand that into probably location two. And uh, between the two of them, man, I think, I mean, it's going to be wild to go from, you know, I was working in some corporate jobs, like all this, I have two businesses now, which is crazy and yeah. they're both doing good. Um, but it's just, it's such a testament of just like, don't quit. Yeah, totally. there's nothing special about me. Like I'm kind of, I mean, I'm not dumb, but like I didn't go to like some great business. I didn't graduate college till I was 29 years old, and it was an online school that I did just like just in case, like just in case some shit happens. Like maybe I should have my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. It's just grit and determination. I think people get so scared to lose. You talked about it. People get so scared to lose. Yeah. What the hell's gonna happen, dude? You mad like your auntie is gonna call me and be like, I told you. It's like, who cares? Go start another one. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, and even and even with Wicked Bold, man, like I'm at this place in my life where it's like, even if this doesn't work out, there it's opened up opportunities for me that I don't even know exist yet. And that's the biggest like lesson that I'd share with yeah, people is like dude, the huge. things you don't start now, all you're doing is debilitating yourself to do something in the future. Because if I, dude, some of the businesses that I've started are like ridiculous. I yeah. once almost started a penny necklace company, like drilling holes in pennies to make necklaces. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. My friends don't make fun of me for that one. But like all of those little businesses that I started, I learned such important lessons yeah. about yeah. failure that have made this one the you know put in the position to be great because I've learned so many of those lessons. So like if you're 23, 33, 25, like however old you are and you haven't even started one yet and that's something you want to do, just go do it. Like I hope you fail. I hope like you fail so bad, not really, like don't like die of failure, but like do it, man. Like there's, there's no better lesson than failing at something and it's such low risk. Yeah, dude, I love what you're saying too. And you just got to take the first step, get your first few failures out of the way. Then they quit stinging less and you learn like, oh, this is actually 
prepping me for what's coming. Yeah. And even what you guys did of like starting a chocolate brand and then like, oh, we need a place to make the chocolate. So you start a restaurant. Now they're both thriving. It's so cool that that happened the way it did. You know, we're like, oh, we need somewhere to make chocolate. Let's start a restaurant. And now they're both growing where, you know, I don't know. I think there's just something cool there. It's about being resourceful. Even if you have resources, still being resourceful with like what you have in front of you. So like, you know, being able to look at what we have in front of us and see an opportunity to make to go bowls for like different businesses or like a little, a new bag of something to sell under the chocolate brand. But you don't get there until you start with something small. Like I couldn't yeah. just, if I didn't start wicked bold, I couldn't wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm going to start a to go bowl company. Like, you know, then all the rest of the business, it's like, where am I going to make them at? Where's the packaging? Yeah. What's the branding behind it? Why is someone going to want to get it? But like, even our, like our, catchphrase slogan is live life to the boldest and even that took like a year and a half to like really not sound like we were full of shit when we said it because mm-hmm. you know like I, right. I, every company gets mm-hmm. some sort of tagline you know like everyone has nike just do it whatever but as a startup you can have one and it's a really cool moment when it starts meaning something yeah, yeah totally. now like our employees know what it means like they have their own definition of what it means to live life to the boldest our customers have their own definitions of what it means to live life to the boldest and that's that's where it's getting fun now because now it's not like Derek and brooklyn husband and wife that started this company now it's like people when they think of wicked bold like they're starting to be like live life to the boldest and that's That's the whole point of our brand is like to inspire you literally just what we had the conversation on like go start something go do something be brave that's what we want this brand to feel like when you pick up a bag of our chocolate when you come have a meal we want you to leave being like i'm gonna go quit my goddamn job and start you know (laughs) (laughs) we go do something bold (laughs) so if we're in if we're in texas we'll definitely swing by for a tasty plant-based meal but uh where could we buy some chocolate where can we where can we find you um, and and the other listeners as well. Easiest, uh, easiest is our website, which is just literally wickedbold.com. Nice. Very Easy enough. Site. We're in Easy. a bunch of little like bodega shops, but we're not in, we have nothing in Alaska, guys. So you'll have to order online. <laughs> we'll have to do it online. Yeah, we hear that a lot. That's okay. <laughs> uh, bring us home, Robert, Father Robert. Yeah, well, I was going to give him an opportunity to give any like final words, but I feel like you just did it. Um, he did. He naturally did that. Unless, I mean, coming. unless there's anything else you want to say that would encourage people. I mean, just that whole thing of living life to the boldest. Yeah, uh, so cool. Super inspiring, dude. Yeah, man, I don't know if I, uh, I think I'll go out with the high that I just went out on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, we'll definitely head over to wickedbold.com. Uh, order some chocolate and a taste of the goodness and start living life a little bit more bold. And uh, if you guys found value in today's episode, go ahead and uh, rate, subscribe, comment, do all the things, share it, and we'll catch you later. Peace out. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys.